Welcome back to another episode of Take a Bite Out of South Florida. We're back again with Michael Mayo. I just had such a good time talking with him in the first episode. I needed, there was still more we needed to get off our chest and talk about as far as favorite restaurants, restaurant pet peeves. So we're back with for more, Mike. I'm glad to be back. And uh, uh, I, I didn't even change my shirt. So I don't know if we're. <laughs> No, we're, it, it's it's great, and as you can tell, you know, with, when it comes to food, and we that's can why talk I, forever. we're going to talk forever. I'm sure all the um, you know the the guests that are going to be coming on uh, uh, later on, you're going to have a blast that's just the, talking. That's to what, all just, these. it's fun to talk about food, and that's all I want. Just people come on and talk about food and restaurants and their favorite things, and and people's journeys and how they yeah. got there. I mean, it's kind of it's uh, fun. It's always fun, and uh, you know, I mentioned in in the. Uh, previous episode about, you know, how I worked in restaurants for a brief time. Uh, it You know, I cook at home a little bit. I don't cook as much as I used to because people, one of those things they ask is like, well, what do you know about food and what makes you qualified to right, be a critic? Right, I've gotten that too. And uh, the answer is I've got taste buds and a stomach and curiosity and, and yeah. opinions. And look, uh, the, the difference between, I think, you know, people that do it, um, you know, either – through social media channels and get followings or like I did in newspapers and journalism, it's, it's, there's a level of fairness where you actually go out and you talk to the food creators, right? And you're not just slamming things blindly like right. people do on Yelp or maybe even Let's Eat South Florida sometimes. It's, you know, you always try to understand the restaurant's point of view, the chef's, the owner's point of view. Um, and, you know, it, it brings, I think, a level of fairness to it because, you know, obviously your experience is your experience. And if you maybe didn't have the best experience, that's fine. Uh, but always consider it from, you know, the other point of view. And that's yeah. something that I bring to the table as a journalist is like always there's always two sides or more to every story. Absolutely. And try to understand some other parts of it. But Yeah, well, let's get back to you. Were, you started to tell me some of your favorite restaurants in South Florida, and I know there's more. Yeah, I know there's more. So, well, where well, else? Uh, the, you know, there's depending on what you want. So, like when we were talking about you know Chinese food, and people say, "Oh, there's nothing like you know authentic New York, whatever authentic New York means." Right? Is that the one? <laughs> The ones that they found in Chinatown where you have the ducks and the sides of the pigs hanging up, you know, in the front window because there are places like that. And one of them um, is in uh, in Davie in Broward called Hong's Barbecue. And it's this uh, small little place that is impeccable and they have all the hanging meats. It's in the back. It's one of these kind of classic Cantonese roast meat barbecue places that they do these rice bowls and noodle bowls. They have good soups. Uh, they have really good duck, but they do they, that that whole crispy pig where they could chop up, and it's like it just you have that outside like the chicharron. It's like oh, crispy skin. Oh my god, that's the best with that little layer of gelatinous fat yes. in between that, and that's then so the the roast pig and the actual you know flesh, and it's juicy and it's crispy and it's oh. fatty and it's wonderful and it's something it's keto friendly you don't have to put it with noodles or nope. rice and uh, eat it as is yeah and they have all the good dipping sauces so i'm really high on hongs that's you know one of those places and then further up uh in like laura hill and tamarack uh two longtime places one is called silver pond it's gone through different ownership changes it's had its ups and downs but i think it's up again it's, and then there's a place called Hong Kong City Barbecue. 
those are what I call the, you know, the uh, authentic, authentic yeah, you know, I put it in quotes, yeah. uh, which means there's a lot of, you know, Asians and, and Chinese families eating in there in large yeah. groups. Uh, they do have all the, you know, the roasted meats hanging up. Uh, and it's, you know, something that you would find in uh, San Francisco Chinatown, New York Chinatown, different parts of, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, cities that have a large Asian population. So. Uh, that exists when it comes to pizza. Like the thing with pizza is, and I got to give praise to Del Rey because they there's, have there's some, so many different stuff. And yeah, the thing with pizza, a lot of pizza, pizza is like sex. There's no such thing as like, even when it's bad, it's like, it's still, still pizza. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean that that's very true. And, and like, you know, so if somebody presents, it's not the best slice in the world. Fine. But Del Rey has, different styles of pizza and that's the thing with pizza you know you have the new york snobs of like all they want is their you know and even in new york coming from new york there were slice joints and then there were full pie joints so yeah. like which what one are you talking about a place where you grab a, a slice when you're drunk at three in the morning to sop up the alcohol right or a place like john's or totono's and coney island where all they serve are full pies out of a you know charcoal oven and Delray, you know, besides the New York style, you also have now the New Haven style. Mm-hmm. You have the thin and crispy and, you know, well done with, you know, some people call it burnt. It's charred. But Abitz oh, is here. Oh, yeah. I've that, heard that's really good. Yeah. They just, I, there's a new um, Connecticut style place opening in Delray. Peppies, Frank Peppies. Yes, which they, again, they're like one of the original, like, uh, you know, if you call the the Mount Rushmore of New Haven pizza, and there's some people who just like say New Haven is the best pizza in the country or the world. Again, it's completely subjective. David Portnoy, Mister One Bite, he oh, yeah. loves New Haven pizza. He went into Abitz and gave it a high praise. Uh, I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, there's also a New Haven style place down in Fort Lauderdale called uh, the Pizza Spot. Now, Pepe's opened a, a location in Broward and Plantation. Uh, at the end of last year, and I went in there, and things were really good when I did a show there last year, but I was with Frank Pepe's granddaughter, and everything was made just so. People have gone in there since then. They're saying also inconsistency issues, and that's one of the things with pizza. But getting back to Del Rey, I mean, you've got the New York style. You've got the um, New Haven style. You've got the Detroit style, which is the rectangular steel pan that they're doing at Death Pie Pizza. They, and you've also now got, uh, you know, the Neapolitan style, Rosano's yeah. food truck. And I guess because you don't really eat a lot of pizza because. Well, of- I do have a favorite pizza in Delray. Yeah. Um, Rose's daughter. So it's, you know, the Neapolitan Italian. Yeah. She does in a gluten free crust that is to die for. Okay. Like that is, if I want pizza, I'm going there. That's great. I mean, and yeah, these places now that do. Uh, you know, are able to develop gluten free options for those who have, you know, the, yeah, the, the gluten free allergies, uh, celiac disease. There's, yeah. you know, there's all kinds of alternatives out there that, uh, now personally, you know, I don't even really try them because I guess maybe I'm narrow minded, but when I want pizza, I want pizza. Well, you know, yeah. it's like, and you don't have, I mean, for me, like, yeah, yeah unless, unless I want to get sick. But, right. No, you don't want to get <laughs> but sick. But it's nice to have the option. Yeah. And, you know, and, like, that didn't used to be the case. But, thankfully, more and more places are making that yeah, available they, for... They, 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 yeah, the, the food advances and being able to uh, have these different options, you know, even with the meatless things and the impossible yeah. beef. And, you know, if that's your thing... I mean, I've had the impossible burgers and stuff. Yeah, and I'm not so, a huge fan, but... not I'm, Me neither, because to me, I'm, I'm all about, like, 
real food, you yeah. know, and you know things that are made in a lab, and they you read the ingredients yeah. of some of these things, and it's soy hemoglobin. I'm and, not into it. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. Not, I'm I eat, I like I eat meat. I'm not really into the meat substitutes, and I don't eat dairy or certain types of dairy. But like, I still don't really love like the vegan cheeses, and it's not really my favorite. Yeah, but. but Give me no, real food. I was just giving praise to Delray because for people who say there's no good pizza, there's like there's a lot of this pizza. like good pizza of six different styles here. Yeah. You know, and for those who like the traditional New York pies or slice Avellinos is a little kind of just red sauce joint there that it's in that same shopping plaza is three three G's deli. And, oh, uh, I think that's a little that's a, like further, further west. Uh, yeah, a little bit further yeah, west. west it's not it's not downtown. Yeah, no, and then um, there's also I mean even just downtown there's so many Windy oh, City. Yeah, yeah. Windy City. I forgot to mention there's yeah, Chicago style. They have both deep dish and the thin tavern style, mm-hmm. which is again a totally different animal, and not everybody likes it. But I appreciate it. I, yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's good. It's also thin and cracker like. You want a good bar pie, the happy hour pie uh, at Les Sorel. I don't know if you've been in there. Oh, I haven't. It's really good. But again, you're not going to be yeah, eating. I, I don't know if they have a gluten-free. But uh, so that's pizza. There's Again, <laughs> I could go so down the list of everything. But um, now that I'm sufficiently hungry for pizza, <laughs> um, I have a question that I just feel like this might open up a can of worms. I don't know. I just, but when you go out, you've, obviously you go out to eat a lot. That is probably your like number one hobby what are or what are one or some of your favorite your most like your biggest restaurant pet peeves yes. like things that happen that just really get under your skin all right well um there's many but the um all right this is just now a thing where too many restaurants now become revolving around the whole instagram uh you know is it instagrammable uh, you know, and I don't mind having plates that are pretty. And look, I'm guilty too. I take pictures of every fucking plate of food that comes in yeah. front of me now because that's part of the whole, you know, uh, uh, social yeah. media game. And uh, I don't like calling myself an influencer, but you know, I guess you know, you have South, influence. I do have influence. <laughs> I have to accept this. And uh, but you know, when the restaurants and I go in and I see that fucking green astroturf on the wall. <laughs> With the little oh, yeah. neon cursive of yep. like, your dreams start here or yep. whatever their little catchphrase is. And they want everybody to come in and do their Insta <laughs> that selfie. That basically means it's going to be full of 21-year-olds. That's, <laughs> is that what it is? That's, that's the understanding that, I mean, I, I'm, yeah, that's. That's that's my new. Sometimes I like it and other times I'm just like, this is too much. And this is our new phase. And it, it comes in phases because when I first started doing the uh, reviews for the Sentinel, it seemed like every restaurant had that starter kit with the industrial bulbs and those overhanging uh, yeah. cast iron fixtures. And it was just like, uh, and, and also on the wall, it would be like light bulbs that would rearrange to spell, you know, uh, pig out or something yeah. like that. And and I- and that was then. And now you got the, uh, the AstroTurf Insta wall. Um, does that really bother me? No, it's all about the food. Um, right. And uh, but some places now, it's not about the food. It's, it's all about the. It's all about the, the scene, the vibe. Can you Instagram this? Yeah. What do the dishes look like? And I, you know, I don't care if it's coming out of you know a, a 
you know, the styrofoam container. I love the little takeout hole-in-the-wall Caribbean places where you get your rice and peas and some oxtail stew, and they put it in. You know, one of the best meals I had in Delray recently, this is going to be sound it, crazy, but go ahead. I, well, I was from what you were just describing, I was going to see if you've ever been to Bamboo Fire. I've not been to Bamboo Fire, but I'm talking about Presidente Market, which is... Oh, what? <laughs> I've driven by that a million times. See, this is what we like, were talking about last episode. Never. This is a re- a, a, a supermarket it, that's a, you know it basically started in Miami and it, it caters to a lot of. It started as a Latin Hispanic supermarket, but now it's become big with the Caribbean crowd too. Oh and they have these when you go in. Besides being a supermarket with aisles stocked with you know some of the things from the islands and from Central South America that you wouldn't ordinarily see maybe at your neighborhood Publix. Um, they also have a front like restaurant, well, like a cafeteria style thing with all these chafing dishes with all these different items, including oxtail stew and some of the, you know, jerk chicken. And on Sundays, they have what's called the, the Sunday picnic pack where they pack up these huge sides of also the uh, roast pig with also that crackling skin and the chicharron. Oh. And they like pack it and it comes out warm. And like they, you know, they obviously had just been roasting whole pigs and oh chop them up. And you can go in there. And uh, I did this with Dick's team, with the, you know, the, the founder of Best of South, uh, Best of Delray Beach. And we bought a whole mess of stuff. And uh, we went back to his house. We were doing some work and had a work session. But we were tasting all these things and the oxtail stew and the rice and peas. Oh. And it's like you can get it for a third of the cost of, you know, what you get it at a restaurant. Else, yeah. And you're just feasting. And it's like, this is what South Florida is all about, where you go in and a place that you would say, well, why would I go in there? And you just go in there and you find this, like, food gold mine. Oh and it was God. just so good. And uh, Well, now I have to go try it. <laughs> So weird. Go in on a Sunday and get that pig roast. Oh my god! And it's, again, keto friendly, uh, gluten free, yeah, and just, just pig just, out literally. That's, so that is good to know. Um, getting back to the pet peeves, it's. Uh, I think what I'm finding now is like, look, I understand restaurants lost out a lot during the pandemic, and now they're trying to maximize revenues again. It's a very tough time. I don't know what the future of the restaurant industry bodes, especially when it comes to fine dining, but, um, you know, now these restaurants, when you first go in or when you first make a reservation are giving you basically these time frames that, you know, we limit groups of three to 90 minutes and groups of four to two hours. Um, and look, I understand it because, you know, you want to turn a table, yeah. especially at peak times. All right. I understand Sunday it. Sunday brunch. Like yeah. Thursday. Well, the Sunday brunch, if you're given the, you know, the bottomless drinks, I yeah. understand. You got to put a cap on right. that and you don't want people getting too drunk. And uh, so two hours, that's fine. That's understandable. But, you know, nobody wants to feel rushed. And I don't, you know, when it used to be you go out to dinner and it's like, you know, you could make a night of it. Uh, and you don't want to have a parking meter necessarily ticking the whole time yeah. you're there. But on the other hand, I think guests and you know customers have also an obligation to be aware and courteous. And yeah, it's that, kind of just restaurant etiquette. Like, it, you know, don't spend six hours sitting at your dinner table. Right. Now, what's the appropriate time? I think, you know... Look, the two hour the time frame is you know is the restaurant efficient? Is the kitchen back, uh, backed up? If yeah, two hours should be plenty of time, prime time yeah. on a you know if you're at a, a four top and you're going in there at six o'clock. Look, be mindful. There's going to be another group that wants to come in and get the table at eight o'clock. 
So, you know, don't be camping out and lingering right. and order three drinks after dinner. Like, there's a bar for that or another place around the corner where you right. can go yeah. for that. Uh, and nobody wants the manager coming up to you telling, uh, excuse me. Maybe we have to turn that table. Can you, you know, maybe, you know, and there's ways to do it that, you know, the finesse way, which is, uh, I hate to interrupt. I don't want to interrupt a good time. But, you know, uh, maybe if, can I uh, yeah, buy you I, guys a round of drinks at the bar yeah. if we can have you just move? Because there are other guests that want right. to get That's in like and enjoy it. That's the right way to do it. Yeah. And, uh, um but, you know, it's that balancing act of you got to look at your, you know, what your own desires are as a guest, but also put yourself in the shoes of the restaurant. And yeah. if it's a Tuesday night and it's nine o'clock and nobody else is waiting to come in uh, and they close at 10, you know, nobody's going to, you know, mess with you. Hopefully, if you linger over your coffee and then yeah. chit chat for another. You just got to read the hour. room. Read the room and yeah. see if they're all getting, if you're the last guest in the house. Yeah. And they're all the everybody sitting around going like, yeah, hmm, waiting for you then maybe it's time to ask for the check and get up and leave. And likewise, when it's really crowded, uh, yeah. you know, also just yeah, you know, like you said, read the room, have some self awareness, and uh, and and make life better for everybody. And just uh, yeah, so and just have respect, like have respect. respect for the restaurant and the other patrons. Like you know, people want to eat like you just did. So. Yeah, and other pet peeves. All right, so. Turns out um, the whole dogs uh, in restaurants thing is one of the biggest firecrackers. Uh, you know, you can just light a bonfire. Dogs and kids. Okay, so the kids part. Yeah, and the both dogs and kids. You're right. Correct. Um, I have different opinions on each. Uh, dogs are not kids and kids are not dogs. Mm, they are not. Um, dogs, I'm fine. You know, like, I don't happen to be a dog owner. A lot of friends of mine are. They like to go out with their little furry friends on the weekends. I grew up in a different time where, you know, you could leave Fido at home for a couple hours, but now a lot of people seem to think of their dogs as family members. That's fine. There are restaurants. And again, I have no problem with dogs being outside on patios and in these dog-friendly restaurants. I know that going in. But when I go to a restaurant inside the dining room, the only dog I want to see in there is a legitimate service dog. Absolutely. Serving somebody who absolutely needs it uh, and not all these fake service dogs that you see these days. And, you know, and it seems like restaurants have become more lenient because, again, more and more people are pushing the envelope and they bring their little service, you know, anti-anxiety. And and you're not allowed to ask. No. Well, that's what they say. But then when you see it up, on the bar stool or, you know, in the lap at the bar. Yeah. I'm sorry. That drives me nuts. And it's not a hygiene issue. I know dogs are no more dirty than most people who are sitting at the <laughs> Some restaurant. Some people are dirtier than dogs. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. I know this. <laughs> but it's just a, a thing. It's like, again, the awareness and there's a time and a place for everything. And, and the dogs don't belong inside or at the bar. They belong Outside on the patio, I'm fine with that. But for some reason, that really frosts me. Um, When it comes to the kids, look, there's a difference between bratty kids who are running around unsupervised and without parenting, without parents trying to parent, or kids screaming in a stroller and it's 10 o'clock at night. They don't belong there. Again, just use some common sense people, but nobody does. Everybody in the world revolves around them now. Yeah. Uh, because I, I mean, I know some people with with some of my friends with children are, and they are so well behaved. Where yes. they will sit in and oh. in the chair or their stroller or whatever, and not say a word. And kids like that, and and I'm someone who doesn't have kids. I don't want kids, so sometimes kids are not my favorite 
they mm-hmm. have to be around. But though in those situations, I'm totally fine with it. But when you go somewhere where like kids are throwing food on the floor or they're no. running around or they're yelling and they're just being, you know, especially depending on what restaurant it is, if you're in a nice place, like that is right. not the time and place for that. That shouldn't be. But that's the fault of parents who aren't parenting. Right. And, you know, now, you know, I had a, a I still have a daughter who's 17, <laughs> but she appreciated She, again, even before as a food critic, you know, when she was five and six, she would go out to some nice meals. Uh, she, you know, she always behaved. If she wasn't, then we would take her outside and make her settle down and said, you can't do that. You can't run around and the restaurant. What and, and you need to do, do some parenting. Um, but again, it gets to the point where, you know, you can have really well-behaved kids that it, it's, I think, important to teach them about restaurant culture, about how to behave yeah. in these places. At, at a young age, so that they just continue to use that in their life growing up. And now, parents have at their disposal the best pacifiers ever, which are these little gadgets and phones that <laughs> even yep. when they're two and three and the usual terrible twos, they end up you know, staring at their little gadgets yep. and not making a thing. And, and I'm okay with that. But again, like you said, you don't want to be disturbed at your meal. Right. I have no problem with a, you know, a family that has like a five-year-old and a seven-year-old next to me when they're well-behaved. they're well-behaved, yeah. yeah. But the ones that are running around and then the parents don't do anything. And then that's where it's like, I, you know, you get into a minefield because it's like, you don't want to, I mean, you do sometimes have to overstep your bounds and just yell at the parent and say, excuse me, you're, your your right. little brat is detracting yeah. from my meal. Can you either do something about him or leave? you know like? But that's not really your place. Yeah. To, it's one of those. Or, you know, like maybe grab a manager and be like, "Hey, like this is kind yeah. of ruining our experience." But I don't know what they're supposed to do in that spot. I don't know. And that's it's a just hard. that's hard. It falls on people. Just again, some self awareness and some respect. common respect and, yeah. and respect for common others. Sense, respect, yeah. Which is things that's. Not a restaurant pet peeve. That's a general <laughs> people society. <pet> people <laughs> human being. sometimes. Human being pet peeve. <laughs> and I don't know if people, because of the pandemic and everybody just lost their sense of anything during, and it was, I think we still have to, we're, de- we're decompressing from it. I mean, that was two years yeah. of, you know, or in some cases people were going back out after the first wave of vaccines. Of and uh, No, I, I mean, I yeah. was going out and That's eating outdoors that first summer. Yeah. Um, and, and, but again, a lot of people who are isolated and didn't go out for a while, uh, we need to relearn some things. Yeah. It's some social cues need, (laughs) need some relearning, but, oh, well, any other thoughts about our growing South Florida food scene here? Some closing remarks, some. I think it's incredible. I think, um. First of all, thank you for letting me back to kind of expound, you know, yeah. just open. I, I knew a little there was more. more you wanted to say. I had to well, bring you back. Yeah. And, uh, uh, well, you know what? One thing I didn't get into, you know, about the whole food scene, but about kids, um, it's amazing how kids will humble you or make you rethink everything because, you know, I was one of those people like, okay, I know people have different tastes and food is subjective, but I used to be a member, a full badge carrying member of the food police where you, you know, you shouldn't do certain things. And like ketchup on a hot dog was one of those things that made my skin crawl as a, you know, New York native where you'd always just put, you know, mustard, maybe some sauerkraut, maybe those, uh, sauteed onions, but ketchup was like always no, the no. worst thing in the world. And, uh, and sure enough, my daughter, when she was growing up, she and even still to, to this day, she puts ketchup on her hot dog. And 
brings me great shame, but it's like at some point you just have to let it go and say, all right, that's what you like. You're more than welcome to do it. You can do it in my presence. Um, and you got to break the rules sometimes. And not only that, she has she likes pineapple on pizza too. So oh, just to throw the dagger in there. And uh, so, but I've, what I've learned also through, you know, let's eat South Florida is like, it's okay. There are, you can't be the food police. And right. if people like pineapple pizza, okay, God bless them. You can't say that's wrong. You just say, doesn't right. work for me. Not Absolutely. my personal right. preference. Um, so, all right. That's one of those things. It's like, but it's, it's funny how, um, uh, nature and the universe and God comes back to haunt you with the kid that puts ketchup on hot dogs and pineapple on pizza. But uh, going to the bigger picture of the South Florida food scene, it's it's wonderful. I mean, I've been I can't I've been down here. I can't believe it. it's like over thirty years, thirty four years. Wow! And the breath. It's one of those things. I I can live in most places. You know, I grew up in New York. I was blessed. I went to school in Boston. I lived for a stretch in in London. Um, you know, and, and I need to be in a place where there's food diversity and interesting things. And we have an abundance of that in South Florida. And when you consider from, you know, Jupiter on South all the way to the Keys, uh, the range of different, you know, cuisines and how many different countries and how many different, um, styles. And like you said, the fresh, you know, we have bountiful seafood and all these farms and agriculture and it's, it's great. I mean, and the way that we've, uh, again, these these smaller kids that grow up here now that learn at the hands of some people who, you know, they, they, go, they go out, they apprentice, and they come back and they open up their own places. And the future of the South Florida food scene couldn't be brighter and more vibrant. Yeah, especially we have like a high caliber of chefs in this area too. We really, like they just all migrate down to sunny South Florida. Oh, There's so much to offer. I mean, so. I could go on and on and, uh, you know, driftwood in Boynton Beach. Oh, yeah. With, oh, uh, boy. Well, maybe we'll have to bring you back for part three. <laughs> <laughs> now, get some of those talented chefs on here. That's they'll, the goal. They'll give you their stories. Absolutely. I mean, so many good yeah. people, talented people really all are. over the region. And yeah. It's great. We are, we are very lucky down here. So hopefully we've inspired you all to try some new restaurants that you may not have been to before. And uh, don't forget to join the Let's Eat South Florida Facebook group and uh, follow Mike Mayo on all social media. And remember, if you enjoyed the podcast today, please leave us a review, rate us, subscribe, share, and um, providing feedback is always uh, very much appreciated. So until next time, keep taking bites out of South Florida, and I will see you soon. (music) 